Mark Willard. I immediately get this sense that we're just going to be called the lead-in. Rich Ordberg. I took my shirt off. I flexed right in his face, Mark. Just right in the... I flexed all over, Steve, and I said... This is the Mark and Rich Show. All right, on Extra 1360, Fox Sports San Diego and iHeartRadio. This is Mark and Rich live and local noon to three every single day. Rich, you look like you've lost some weight over the weekend. Oh. <laughs> uh, the and I'm a Predators fan now. Yes, you are, and you started gambling more than you used to. Nah, it's nah. been a very, very big weekend. Uh, you lost a lot of weight, though. <laughs> um, uh, Rich Ornberger is going as Pete Fox for Halloween today. I know, uh, no, Pete, glad to have you in. Weekend yeah, but- was good. Everything okay? Everything's good. Mother's Day uh, went up in flames by the end of the night. But, what do but you hey. mean? What do you mean it went up in flames? Well, my wife started calling me stupid, and even on Mother's Day, I don't go for oh that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but wow. she she played the whole, I didn't call you stupid. I just said what you said is stupid. I'm like, that's the same thing. See, now, Pete, you, you led us right into it. First of all, <laughs> Mother's Day gets very complex when you grow up older and you have kids mm-hmm. because as it turns oh, yeah. out, well, you have mothers, grandmothers, and then right, your wife because like, she's the mother of your children. There's like ten people that yeah. you need to you somehow be there for all on the same day. Most of us do, uh, you know, something that is self-preservationist, which is handle the wife. Uh, everything else <laughs> after that, you, you can figure that out later. But it's interesting that you say that because without even having been at your house, I think that I could accuse you of a mistake uh, that that you made, and it, it, it is. I would say the same mistake that the Chargers made last year. Now, I'll explain that in just a second. Pete Fox in for Rich today. Glad you're with us. 570-1360 is the number. Also, Greg Popovich went off this morning about 45 minutes ago. We'll have the audio for you in just a moment. Stay right where you are on that. Kawhi Leonard is not playing tomorrow night, and who knows about beyond. They're still waiting on results from the MRI there after Zaza Pachulia ended up underneath him, did not create enough landing ground. That's a no-no in basketball. So more on that in just a second. But couldn't I make the case that you, with your wife yesterday, Mm. on Mother's Day, whether it was your fault or not, you obviously put yourself in a position on Mother's Day that you shouldn't be in. Like, why would you even entertain a controversial argument with your wife (laughs) On Mother's Day. Why would you do that? I just asked a question. What was your question? I just asked a question. But what was the question? Have you ever considered adding a evaporative cooler? Okay. Absolutely unacceptable. (laughs) Why? Because. All she had to say was, was, no, I grew up with one of those things. They're a nightmare, and let's not do that. But instead, she says, that's a stupid idea. That is. It was a stupid idea for you to even ask. You can't, can't, can't take the conversation on Mother's Day to evaporative coolers. Everything is supposed to be about her. You should have been talking about mimosas. Well, I, I bought her uh, uh, multiple bottles of champagne to make mimosas. So, okay. I, you know, I, I, was, I went down the right gift path. I bought a plant. Uh-huh. And I got all sorts of things. <laughs> Sounds very thoughtful. I bought a plant. Well, as opposed, she, it's a plant. It's like a succulent, something she's into. Okay. So I, ru- I rang okay. the right bell. Um, but it didn't end up well, did it? No. See, um, you have to make it all about uh, mimosas, <laughs> rest, Mother's Day off. That's Foot what the massages. Day, yeah, that's what the day has to be all about. And if you take it somewhere else, it may not have been your intent to have a fight. 
but you left yourself open to that possibility. <laughs> now, hold that in your mind as I ask you this next question. Okay. Have you noticed that the Chargers are pitching an off-season perfect game? Have you noticed this? Well, I mean, I, for those for those people that spend a lot of time analyzing and dissecting what teams do in the offseason, I think when you look at the Chargers, you think, yeah, they've pulled a lot of the right punches. They, they haven't really uh, fumbled too much. Right. Now, listen, we know with draft picks and signings and all that stuff, who knows how things will always end up. We say, oh, this team won the draft, and then it turns out that guy stinks. You don't really know. Yeah. They got However, a good grade, though. They got a great grade. And when you say this, everything they've done, you kind of nod your head like, yep, I get that. I mean, that's kind of how I've felt with every single thing they've done. Here's a brief timeline. First, they signed Russell Okung. You can say, wait a minute, that's a ridiculous contract. He didn't play well last year, whatever. But I still nod my head and go, but I understand your thought process. Mm -hmm. You're addressing the offensive line. Yeah, he's a different guy. He's not Fluker or Dunlap. That's right. And then they draft two offensive linemen pretty early. Um, and we found out yesterday that the second um, the second guy that they picked, the second offensive lineman, his name is Dan Feeney. Mm -hmm. Turns out the Patriots wanted to pick him with the very next pick. Doesn't that automatically make you go, ooh, they got the right pick? Just by virtue of the fact that the Patriots <laughs> wanted him, right? Right. Yeah. It's like if you wanted to date that girl and then she ends up with uh, some, you know, uh, Hot actor guy. And you're like, well, oh, yeah, I, I mean, wanted to date her, but now well, she's with him. To borrow your phrase, aren't all men more attractive if they walk into a room with a woman <laughs> on their arm? Yeah. Right, yeah. Because you're like, oh, my gosh, the Patriots wanted that guy? Then it was great pick. <laughs> yeah, right. And they started the draft off with Mike Williams. It appeared, whether real or fake, it appeared they were drafting for Phillip Rivers. That plays well. That made everybody who follows the team go, okay, I get what you're doing. Then... Uh, you mentioned Fluker. They released him today. They released Orlando Franklin. They're pitching an off-season perfect game. Here's my question, because now the conspiracy theorists are out, and we'd love to hear from you at 570-1360. Text line 70470. You can start it with extra. Uh, we're both on Twitter. Pete, what's the Twitter address? Pressbox Pete. Pressbox Pete. Um, I'm the guy with all the underscores in between all my names. You can figure <laughs> it out. So... So, do you feel like they were messing up on purpose last year? Not the players, not the coach, but the organization. Just think about it for a moment. Joey Bosa, hold out. Did they try hard to sign him? Actually, it appeared they were trying hard to tick him off. They went and started release. Made, they, they made press releases. Uh, poking the bear in the middle of these negotiations. There was that. There was holding on to Mike McCoy when everybody knew that the fan base wanted Mike McCoy gone. There was no major upgrade on the offensive line when everybody knew that the offensive line was a problem going into the season. Do you feel like in order to get negative votes on Measure C and not necessarily win the fan base back because that would have potentially thrown a wrench in the L.A. plan, that the Chargers in some way at an executive level were letting things go into the crapper. That is a Pilates-level stretch, but there it is. It? it kind of feels I like hear maybe... a lot of people saying this right now, Pete. A lot of people. Right, but at the same time, 
how much of it is just circumstance where things worked out well and in other seasons they didn't work out well. So you can look at a lot of teams and go, oh, that was a good draft. Things worked out for them, even though they may have not planned it to be that successful. It just worked out like the chips fell where they needed them to fall. And, and a lot of times that just happens. A Pilates level stretch when they signed Mike Williams in May, only the 10th first round draft pick. In the Spanos era, out of 29 to sign before camp started, and they did it in May. It's a Pilates level stretch. Well, I, there, there's there's a, that, there was a lot of circumstances involved in this conspiracy, not just Mike Williams. I mean, that's maybe the biggest one or a big one. But well, that's not is, that's not all of them. And some of the other ones might just, you know, we don't know how some of these deals are going to work out. Like right. this, this Franklin deal, I don't know if that's going to work out great or not. So this is where we get to the fight with your wife on Mother's Day. <laughs> Did you intend to have a fight? No. Did you leave yourself open for the possibility? I would contend yes. <laughs> and this is how I would answer the question I just asked about the Chargers. Were they trying to mess up? Did they want Joey Bosa to get ugly? Did they did they want the offensive line to to, to be a sieve? I don't know if they wanted all that stuff but they left themselves open to it. They didn't hate it. When things kind of went funky, they hold on to Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy goes to the podium every week and starts talking about uh, needing to view the tape and holding his visor, and fans in San Diego want to throw up in their mouth a little bit. And, and, and the response by the executive staff or anybody with the last name Spanos is, that's okay, that's okay. Like there was no urgency to fix these things, because there was a very hefty silver lining with those real occurrences. Yeah, How about that. A lot. Yeah, no, I get it. Where a lot of these things were were win wins, kind of like I didn't really think I needed to have that, but now that I've got it, <laughs> I like yeah. it. Hey, a Bosa holdout, perfect. Oh, right. Okay. I tell you what, this might work out <laughs> great for us. So I think it's, the- I think most of it was probably dumb luck. Well, um, okay, but again, dumb luck in the sense of how many athletes have we seen get criticized uh, because you end up getting accused by a woman of something or you end up at a bar really late, Plaxico Burst shoots himself in the leg, and you can, you, you can explain it away. Hey, man, you know, dumb luck or, or we're targets. Um, Bad you know, hop. Gee, I was, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Well, dummy. Don't put yourself in that situation. James Harden, after the game last night, or two, you know, three nights ago, out at the club on TMZ, is it a problem? No. Does it look good to the fans? No. Why are you putting yourself in that situation? The optics are bad. So, exactly. And so same thing with the Chargers. They allowed themselves to be in a situation that they shouldn't have been, and they were okay with it. Um, and, and now you see them all buttoned up what's the reaction to that to what level of a conspiracy theory are you buying into 570-1360 we'd love to have your thoughts there again you can text 70470 start it with extra okay here's the other thing i want to get to the pop audio he unloads we'll give this to you in just moments but pete real quick zaza Pachulia, this is a dirty play or no 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 i mean i, I just watched it for the you know Hundredth time, hundredth time, and I, but this time much closer to the television. Um, I don't think so. No, I, I, I feel like it's 
one of those situations where the circumstance turned out unfortunate, but dirty play to me is that he had malice and he meant to do that. He wasn't even looking at him. And it's one of those things that happens in such a split second in real time that you can't plan on that. When you break it down in slow-mo, you're like, look, he had like half a second to get out of the way. No, he's looking at the shot. He's looking the other way. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. I know what you're saying. There's a rule that deals with that type of situation, but he was already moving back down the floor. It's just circumstance. Well, what's the definition? What's the definition of dirty? That's a really good question. Yeah, does it evolve intent? Because I will agree with you in, in the sense that he didn't intend to hurt Kawhi Leonard. It almost goes back to the same conversation we just had, though. He kind of left himself in a bad spot, though. You, you, that was going out at night. That was being out at 3 in the morning on, on a game day. Like, you left yourself open for something bad to happen because your feet weren't in, in a spot that, that they shouldn't have been. It, does dirty definition is the definition of it involve intent? Yeah, I mean, dirty, like, I, de- I even defend guys like Vontez Perfect because I think Vontez Perfect is a moron many times, right? But that puts him in bad spots, like you're saying, and I think that is construed as dirty plays because he's in those situations a lot, but I think he plays hard, he plays reckless, and sometimes that comes off as dirty. Now, as Zaza Pachulia, you look at this, and I don't think it was had any intent. I don't think it was overly aggressive. I think it was just a bad circumstance. But then again, I defend these guys a lot. Well, I tell you what, I do have personal experience of this. Even uh, I had this happen one time on my high school team. I played basketball in high school and uh, we were playing, we were practicing. We were doing a five on five scrimmage. And one of my teammates, this is a friend, uh, a friend went up for a layup and defensively, I was just in the wrong spot. Now, what I did incorrectly was if you end up completely in the wrong spot and somebody goes up for a shot and you end up directly underneath them and they have nowhere to land, especially when it's your teammate, what I should have done was hug him. I should have grabbed him, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. you catch him. You're yeah. just like, okay, gosh, I, call me, foul, my bad, but don't let him tumble over your back. What I did, because I didn't think and act quick enough, was I was just like, whoops, ended up in the wrong spot, and oh well. Hands here up, I am. right? Put your hands up. And he flies over the top of me, and you know, practically lands on the on his back on the ground. And my coach lit me <laughs> a new one. He stopped practice and is in my face, said, "You never do that, never do that." And he goes, "Now nah, I know you didn't mean to hurt him, but you never do that." So couldn't you say the same thing to Zaza? Um, Greg Popovich clearly feels like you can. Um, listen to Pop this morning when the media caught up with him. Play where he took Kawhi down and locked his arm in Dallas and could have broken his arm. Ask David West, his current teammate, how things went when Zaza was playing for Dallas and he and David got into it. And then think about the history he's had, and what that means to a team, what happened last night. A totally unnatural closeout that the league has outlawed years ago and pays great attention to it. And Kawhi's not there. And you want to know how we feel about it. You want to know if that lessens our chances or not. We're playing very possibly the best team in the league. 
You know, we don't know what's going to happen in the East. And 9.75 people out of 10 would figure the Warriors will beat the Spurs. Well, we've had a pretty damn good season. We've played fairly well in the playoffs. I think we're getting better. And we're up 23 points in the third quarter against Golden State. And Kawhi goes down like that. And you want to know if our chances are less, and you want to know how we feel, that's how we feel. Follow up. Sounds like Hal McRae back in the day. Uh, well, you know what? Okay, first of all, you're doing boo-hoo noises in the middle of a uh, I mean, disrespectful of one of the greatest coach in the NBA, and here you are doing the boo-hoo in the middle one of the One word for you, Mark. What's Soft. A, oh, come on. Unnatural really? closeout. Really? Well, listen, I, again, I don't want to call Zaza Pachulia a dirty player. I don't want to call the play dirty. I do want to say, however, it is an illegal play. By the definition of the rule, you, you can't have your foot there. And they did call the foul, and that's fine. Um, and I don't think Pachulia was trying to hurt him, but he was being flippant. There's no question that he was being flippant, and if you were Greg Popovich, you'd be you'd be ticked off too. Well, look, making a mistake, which I could argue that it wasn't even a mistake, but let's just say, at worst, when I look at it, Pachulia made a mistake. He, at that point in time, was not a great basketball player. He was a bad basketball player. He made a mistake. He had a foul, but to call it a dirty play like he is intending to injure Kawhi Leonard is ridiculous. When I think of dirty plays, I think of Ndamukong Su stepping on quarterbacks when he's standing up, uh, getting off the ground, and okay, kind of what, grinding what, his cleat down into their chest. What That's a dirty fact, play. Yeah, but this guy is sitting here. He didn't say, oh, this one thing happened. He started outlining their personal, just his own personal history with mm-hmm. Zaza Pachulia. The funny thing is, though, when he says at the end so quickly, follow up, and makes everybody laugh, um, it almost kind of made the tirade feel like he was playing it up on purpose. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's like if you're really that angry, then right. you're not going to throw suddenly, something. Yeah, you're not you rip gonna, the phone out of the wall like, the way like, Hal McRae did. You would truly be emotional as opposed to the second I'm done saying, I'm going to like crack a joke to the media. Which he never does, which, which is also very well, he, strange. He's, he's a very he's a very sarcastic individual. He's always very sarcastic. Curmudgeon's the word that pops to my mind. Uh, I but I think he plays that role. You know him and Craig Sager over the years. Like he didn't mean that. Like he he used Craig Sager as as his foil during those sideline interviews. Um, yeah, but, but anyway. that was unique. I mean, the Sager relationship was different because it was Craig Sager. But when it's, you know, just a random sideline reporter from TNT, he gives them the one-word answer, makes their job miserable, right. you know, tries to make it right. difficult on them. Right. You don't like Greg Popovich. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan. No, I'm yeah. really not. Only because so, I've had to deal with that, you know, that, in the uh, forefront. I've had to stand there and try and think of a question that I'm not going to get my backside chewed off for asking. Don't you realize that the backside getting chewed off is what would get you going on social media? That's true. Yeah, yeah like I would love for Pop to unload on me. <laughs> That'd be amazing. 
That'd be amazing. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. You just yeah. don't like pop. Well, if you want to know what'll set him off, uh, ask him about wines or something. That I saw him unload on some guy who, granted, it was a ridiculous question. Why uh, is it ridiculous? He what loves kind of wine? Not him. He asked what kind of wine Manu Ginobili would drink, and Pop just lost his mind. Why does Pop lose his mind? <laughs> because he's Pop. Well, That's what he does. He makes I, everyone's life in the press media, uh, miserable. I like asking questions that we're not used to hearing them answer. I mean, I'm right. I'm done with the, you know, geez, so what'd you think of your defense there in the first half? Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, who cares? What's he going to say? Right? Yeah. I, I love it when I want I want to hear these guys talk about something else. But anyway. You think that would get him to answer a question in that little interview that they do in-game? If you said to him, hey, uh, no, did you I put think... 87 or 92 no. gas in your tank today? You think he would I be know, like. It might, it might uh, catch him off guard. Right, yeah, maybe. Might catch him off guard. And if he unloads on you, great. <laughs> Poof. You just made the national media. Fantastic. I mean, that's his decision. You're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know what is also fascinating, though, is how different Popovich uh, and his response were to Kawhi Leonard's response. So, Leonard was asked if he thought, and this was last night, if he thought uh, Zaza Pachulia's play was dirty. Listen to Leonard's response. Did you think uh, Pachulia stepped under your foot when he landed? Did he step under it? Um, like a purpose? Yeah. No. Um, he was going to test on shot. It was a uh, shot clock was coming down. And, um, I'll have to see the play. I mean, he says no, didn't mean to do it, and barely shows one iota of emotion, which is so Kawhi Leonard. And it actually made me think of something about superstars in sports today that I'll ask you coming up next. And also, all of you San Diego fans, feel free to weigh in as the Chargers continue to pitch an off-season perfect game. Does it make you think they were throwing last year on purpose? 570-1360 is the number. Pete Fox is in for Rich today. Mark and Rich, extra 1360. Coming up at 3 o'clock today. The Padres are back home. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Where do they stand now? We're going to break it down on Extra 1360 Fox Sports, San Diego. Stand right where Hartman wants them to with the worst record in baseball. Can I say this real quick about the Padres, and then we'll get to the Kawhi thing? I have never seen a big league team do some of the stuff that they did over the weekend. I watched the game on Friday night, and at one point, I think the Padres were up 2-1 to one in the game. It's like the fourth or the fifth inning. Cahill's out there starting. He's been pretty good this year. And this is how the White Sox tied the game. Tell me if you've seen this before. Dad, Pete Fox. <laughs> Tell me if you've seen this before. So it's two to one. Cahill <laughs> induces a ground ball to third base. And that ball gets thrown away. So he reached first on an error. Then mm-hmm. a wild pitch <laughs> sends him to second. Yeah. Then a wild pitch sends him to third. And then a wild pitch sends him home. I'm like, <laughs> wow. That looks like every single one of my son's <laughs> games that I've been to every Saturday my entire life. I mean, they're playing little league ball out there. It's incredible. Wait, was that the game they that? won uh, six to three? Uh, no, 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 no. That was this was Friday night's game, which they ended up losing. I think four to three by one run. 
and one of the runs came home by an error, wild pitch, wild pitch, wild pitch. I'm like, I have never well, in At least my they life, got one. At least they I, got one, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen that at the big league level. Have you ever seen that at the big league level? Well, I, the early part of that game when they won 6-3, to three, which I thought was Friday. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was Saturday, the one that they won. No, no, they won the 12th. What date was the 12th? is Friday. Okay, okay maybe, that was maybe, when scene maybe started. the game that I saw was the Saturday yeah, game. Yeah, I think you got him I don't know. But either way, whatever. The first one that they lost, right. the, whichever one Cahill threw, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day it is now. <laughs> well, Chassin started in that game on Friday and was as wild as all get out, throwing the ball all over the place, you know, uh, you know, in the dirt and throwing it away to first base. And right. somehow he got out of the jam and, you know, they held on to that one nothing lead and then ended up cruising to a 6-3 win. So anything's possible, I guess. Good grief. And then, um, of all things, <laughs> this was this was pretty funny, I thought, yesterday. I checked in on the game at one point. It's Mother's Day, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of baseball watching. Uh, but I checked in at the game at one point, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, in the eighth inning, and it's 3-1 to one Padres. And my first thought, obviously, is, wow, Jared Weaver pitched really well. He's going to get his first Padre win. This is unbelievable. I mean, what a clutch performance. There was a week of San Diego sports talk where people were like, this is pretty much a wrap for Jared Weaver. Mm. Ron Fowler's out there publicly saying the leash is incredibly short. It felt like he was walking into a firing squad. He's going to go pitch to the White Sox at a pitcher's in a hitter's park. He's going to give up five or six runs, and they're going to cut him on the way home. That's what it felt like. So here it is, three to one. Kiffin, fire him in the airport. Exactly. So I... (laughs) So I say, I go, wow, they're going to win. This is great. I check the box score. Weaver's done. Throws six innings. Gives up one run on five hits. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. What a clutch performance. That's what he did last year all over the place. That's yeah. how he finished with a 500 record. He would be good and then terrible. And well, then I good think, and then the, terrible. I think the Padres would take that right now. <laughs> yeah, no As doubt. opposed to terrible, 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 terrible. So anyway, off I go to do, you know, more Mother's Day stuff. Uh, wife and I go to dinner. Come back late at night and start going, okay, you know, what happened today? And again, three to one, eighth inning mm-hmm. is what I see. Then I look at the final score, and it's like nine to three, White Sox win. And I go, well, wait, whoa, wait a minute. Am I on the wrong day here? No, I'm not. They gave up eight runs in one inning. The bullpen is the worst. I mean, it's that like- is their Achilles heel. I'm not saying they're a good team, but that is the worst part of this bad team. Mm. Jeez. They have no lock on the barn door. And the Giants get a sweep, so the Padres officially have the worst record in baseball. It's unbelievable. Giants Um, swept somebody? Yeah, they did. The Giants swept the Reds. The Padres have the worst record in baseball. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried. We're only, uh, where are we? We're about a quarter of the way through the season. Mm -hmm. Quarter of the way through the season. No problem. They're going to rally. Everything's fine. Hartman will be in his underwear in October. I'm not worried. (laughs) All right. Um, So, Play the Kawhi Leonard again. This guy's insane. He's absolutely insane. This is the lead story across American sports. They go into the locker room. They're like, was this a dirty play? What what happened with Pachulia? And and here's Leonard's response again. Did you think uh, Pachulia stepped under your foot when he landed? Did he step under it? Um, like a purpose? Yeah. No. Um, he was contesting a shot. It was a... Uh, Shot clock was coming down, and uh, I have to see the play. I mean, this guy, 
continues to be the most understated superstar in sports. Mark, I think that's the first time I've ever actually heard his voice. Heard him speak, yeah, right? Right, right. I mean, who knows? He could have sounded like Michael Jackson, and you would have <laughs> believed it, right? Yeah, um, I love how he acts surprised by the question. Did he step under me? Hmm. He barely looks like he's awake. <laughs> he's just like, I mean, he's so understated. By the way, classy. When given the opportunity to express frustration over the injury, you hear what he does. He does almost nothing. But the crazy thing is, and this is especially the case now, I think, in 2017, he's so classy that it ends up hurting him, I think. It hurts his brand, the attention, uh, awards, money. I mean, he's a max contract player, but how many endorsements is Kawhi Leonard getting? Right? How many does he need, though? I mean, he's one of those guys. Well, that he, you know, like, he's a... still driving, allegedly. He's still driving around the 86 Ford Bronco 2 that he was driving around in Riverside when he went to right. Martin Luther King High School. <laughs> That's the rumor. I don't know if it's true. There, there's also a, like a you know a subplot to that story. Yo, don't worry. He's got a Porsche in the, Porsche in the garage, but he doesn't really drive it. He likes driving the Bronco. Great. Good for him. He I doesn't mean, need that. How much money can this guy spend? I mean, well, I yes, think the, this is like, the way he is. Yeah, fine. Yes, he's got plenty of money, um, but at the same, by the same token, I, I just was watching this yesterday and I started thinking, you know, how would I act if I were in that position? And, you know, I mean, all of us, you'd say, well, you hope as much money as you make, whatever superstar status you have, you would still say, stay yourself. Um, but I can certainly tell you that myself would not be that understated. Like if I were in Kawhi's position, mm -hmm. I would be much closer to a uh, a John Wall or or a Draymond Green than a Kawhi Leonard, even a Steph Curry, who I think is very classy, um, but by the same token, there's a lot. There's a big social media imprint there. There's the shimmy. There's there's a showman that is out there on the NBA court. Uh, you know all the stuff he does before a game for the fans. I, I just I, I don't know if I've ever seen someone. Even even his predecessors in San Antonio, Tim Duncan was louder than Kawhi Leonard. It's it's unbelievable. That's a statement, <laughs> and it and it's and it's true. I mean, I've never seen someone who's at this level and is this quiet. Yeah, it is interesting because it it really when you think about it from the angle of not trying to be, uh, you know, audaciously out of control loud, but just being you know kind of a little confident, right? He goes so far the other direction. It's it's surprising how quiet, how understated he is. I mean, even like the Steph Curry example is a great one because that guy is beloved by almost everybody, right? Except the people uh, in Cleveland. They're worried right. about him, right? right? Everybody else loves Steph Curry. Even when the Warriors now are a little bit hated because of the whole Kevin Durant thing. They still love Steph Curry. There's nothing you can't love about him. He's so adorable, you know, it's that kind of thing. And he's great to the fans, you're right. And he puts on a show before, and he's funny in the commercials with Serena, etc. There's right. everything that you like about that guy. He's hard to hate. He did but a carpool karaoke with James Corden. <laughs> right. I mean, and he's not even a singing artist. Yeah. But he, but he he's plays it, he the, plays yeah, it yeah, right. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when you compare that, like he seems like over the top out there compared to Kawhi, who, you know, is like a... He's like a, what do they call it, a, um, a Zephyr or a Cypher or just, you know, he's a ghost. He yeah, just, you don't know completely. who he is when he's not playing. It's it's amazing. I mean, I, I congratulate him on staying true to that. I don't know how many organizations out there you could even be like that and succeed, but the Spurs are the one. And it's crazy that that's where he ended up.
because he fits into the culture so perfectly. Um, all right. Flipping headlines around the corner, 570-1360, the number. Pete, I just got this tweet. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, whether or not the Chargers were were messing up on purpose last year because they get to L.A. and all of a sudden they know exactly how to act. Is that a coincidence? Mm-hmm. Chris Carlson says, Mark, we're heading out to Area 51 this weekend. Do you want to go? <laughs> of course the Chargers made false moves. Antitrust, LOL. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or if he's being true. That sounds I mean, true to me. Yeah, I, I guess. But then again, he's like, we're, we're heading to Area, 50, Area 51. Do you want to go? Like he's calling me a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, that is that is kind of contradictory. <laughs> I can't figure it out. I do know, though, I do know for a fact. I mean, Measure C, Measure C was about covering their bases so they could leave. It wasn't about trying to actually pass. That I know. Yep. Um, that, okay. Five seven zero thirteen sixty. Flipping headlines next. Uh, Pete's in for Rich today. Mark and Rich. Coming up tomorrow morning on Hardwick and Richards, our Spurs insider tells us if San Antonio expects Kawhi Leonard back at all this series, and if they can find a way to win even one game without him in the lineup. We get started at six a.m. an extra thirteen sixty Fox Sports San Diego. I'll tell you what did just come into play, Pete. Yeah. I mean, if Kawhi can't go the rest of the series, and that deflates the team to the level where the Warriors sweep them, Mm because I don't think the Warriors would have swept the Spurs uh, with Kawhi Leonard. Probably not, no. Yeah, and I I mean that before the series even started. Um, Not just because, you know, they were up by 25 points with Kawhi. I, I just, I never thought it was a sweep. But if this deflates the team and they sweep them, and then there's a sweep in the East as well, if these two teams go into the finals 12 and 0, I actually think that's an amazing storyline. I, I know a lot of people, there would be negativity around that. I actually think that would be fun. Yeah, I, I guess that would be probably the best case scenario for a Warriors-Cavs matchup because then they would both come in rested. Like, you don't, what I hate is the speculation going into a series when one team has been sitting around for a week and the other team is, you know, coming off a game a day before, like a seven-game or a six-game series versus a team that's swept, which is exactly what's going to happen with the Cavs. They're going to sweep in, and more than likely, you would think that the Warriors would get at least a series from the Spurs. I'm not sure that the Cavs are going to sweep in. I'm not 100% sure of that, but uh, but I I hear you. Uh, Mark and Rich show Pete's in for Rich. Glad you're with us, 570-1360. We did just get this message from Edwin. You'll like this, Pete. Uh, guys, have a great show. I will be listening. And, Pete, I hope you uh, plan to make up with your wife. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me I ask, believe I... that you did that on Mother's well, Day. By the way, how, that... did, how did a uh, humidifier end up in an oh. argument anywhere? What, whatever the hell? What, what it wasn't was an argument. Up? I just, okay. <laughs> I'll pull the curtain way back here for you. My mother was visiting, right? Because it was well, Mother's that's always, Day. always a rough start for a wife. Yeah. And, uh, well, no, it's easier for her than it is for me. Um, okay. Because I, you know, I'm, you've known me for a while, Mark. I'm a kind of, I'm kind of a loud guy. Well, my mom is practically deaf. She's ninety, okay. so you know, I have to be even louder just to c- converse with her. Sure. And it was just wearing me out. And her air conditioner. She lives in Palm Springs. Her air conditioner went out about a week ago. Oh god. And she's like, ah, it's okay. I'm gonna get it fixed in June. I'm like, mom, you can't go any. You're ninety. You cannot go. 
it, two months or a month through the, the Palm Springs summer without an air conditioner. So it was wearing me out. And then I remember having a conversation with somebody about this, this uh, evaporative cooler thing, right? And I'm like, it might be something to look into. They're very economical. They don't, they don't cost what an air conditioner costs. They don't cost the same amount of electricity. And in the desert, it's an optimal scenario. And she's like, mm. this, this sounds like a fascinating conversation at the Fox well, residence. It was wearing yesterday. me out, right? Yeah. So anyway, I brought that up to my mom and then dropped her off and then came home. And I said, I just merely said, what, what do you think about us looking into that? Our air conditioner, mind you, is not broken. I just said broken. I just said, let's, what do you think about that? That's stupid. And then she, then she wished me to have a heart attack. And I was like, really? Oh, you hey. just think you could say anything you want on Mother's Day? Can you just like pull out all the guns? Wow. Actually, yes, she can. <laughs> she, you well, know, you she know where did it, and then she emptied her holster. Yeah, you want to know where you messed up? You kept, you kept saying, oh, it was wearing me out. Can't get worn out on Mother's Day, man. You got it, you got it, you got to dig deep. But, but what about there this? no getting worn out on Mother's Day. What about this? She's not my mother. Sorry, dude. <laughs> You're reaching. It doesn't work. We're going to need flipping headlines to save you. <laughs> We're flipping headlines. Road trip in the country for the insider scoop. First stop, we're heading to the Big Apple, talking to our buddy Ryan Field, ABC7 in New York. Lucky enough to be in the building when the whole Derek Jeter thing happened last night. Ryan, take us inside. What, what was the vibe? What did it feel like? Well, I mean, the, the Derek Jeter, those chants started uh, about three hours uh, before he even got there because it was, it was kind of a unique situation, guys, because it was a double header because the game before got rained out. So rather than the people that went to Saturday's game coming to Sunday's game, they let them exchange that ticket for another game. So all the people that had tickets for the Jeter game, in essence, got to see a doubleheader for the same price. So the stadium was probably three-quarters full for the first game, and everybody had kind of come, wanted to come early anyway. So they had the chance to get there even a couple hours earlier before that. So you could just feel the buildup even in the first game. And by the time that ceremony started, that place was as electric uh, as it's ever been. And uh, everything that you thought it would be for a guy who, frankly, is uh, one of the greatest Yankees of all time. Ryan, as it was mentioned during the ceremony by the broadcasters, the Yankees are good at this. They're used to doing this thing. But if you look around, it kind of also felt like we're not going to see this anytime soon. Did it have that feeling that this is the last time we're going to see this for the near future? Yeah, it definitely did, and it was the 22nd player to have his jersey retired, uh, 22nd Yankee, I would say, and it was the fifth member of that team that won so many championships there from the late 90s into the 2000s. So that kind of, to your point, kind of put a button on that whole era of Yankee baseball, and it was kind of weird because Derek Jeter's afterward that he doesn't really live. He doesn't live in New York. He's not really up here that often. So it was kind of like him saying despite the Yankee fans, Yankee fans saying farewell to the captain. It was kind of it kind of had a certain finality to it by the time it was all said and done. Just a very interesting night. Great to take us there, Ryan Field in New York. Really appreciate it, bud. All right, guys, take care. Next stop, we're going to the NBA. Our buddy Howard Beck Bleacher Report all over a couple of these stories. And uh, Howard, you know, it just came down not too long ago. Greg Popovich is furious with Zaza Pachulia and Kawhi Leonard uh, will not be playing in game two. What are people saying, the, the, the folks you've talked to, what is the perspective on what Zaza Pachulia did and how this will affect the series? Well, you know, it's pretty well understood in NBA circles. You don't undercut a shooter. You don't put your foot 
or your leg land under a guy who is airborne taking a jump shot. There are rules against it. There was a, a reinforcement of those rules or a reiteration of them a couple of seasons ago, and it's something that referees are, are focused on and should be focused on. It's illegal and it's dangerous. And so it doesn't matter whether Zaza Pachulia claims innocence in terms of intent. He can say, I wasn't intending to hurt him. That's fine. He probably wasn't intending to hurt him. But he did intend to extend himself and come down underneath Kawhi Leonard. That's a dangerous play. Some would say even reckless. And, you know, so, you know, he's called for the foul correctly. But it's, it's obviously not going to get them Kawhi Leonard back if you're the Spurs. And so there's the problem. And I do think that maybe the NBA is going to have to take a look at this once again to decide, as Jeff Van Gundy suggested on the broadcast, maybe it should be a flagrant foul. Howard, tonight, Washington and Boston, Wizards and Celtics in Boston. Uh, This game obviously means a lot to both teams, both cities. Boston's the one seed. The Wizards haven't been to a conference final in forever. But is it more important from the players' perspective to to Isaiah Thomas or to John Wall? Well, it's, it's a tough decision. I mean, listen, one guy was the first overall pick, and the other one was the last overall pick. Um, Isaiah Thomas's career is already far more spectacular and successful and soon to be profitable because he's a free agent next summer uh, in 2018 uh, than, than anybody ever expected. John Wall is you know, kind of starting to come into bloom as the star that he was projected to be. We've seen those moments before. Sometimes injury has cut it short. But I think this is much more significant in a lot of ways for the Washington franchise. As you mentioned, it's been a long time since they've been to a conference final. And for John Wall, as a former number one overall pick, who has great expectations uh, from day one. With the Celtics, everything's gravy at this point. They weren't supposed to be this good this soon after the breakup of the Big Three era. And, you know, in some ways as a franchise, as a city, they should just be happy to, to be here, to be a 50-win team again and a, a deep playoff team. Uh, they've still got picks coming from the Nets. They've got cap room. They've got a lot to still grow on, whereas the Wizards, this is kind of who they are right now, and they need to take, take that step forward soon. Should be a good-looking one tonight. Howard Beck, Bleacher Report, really good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, that's fascinating information. And that's a wrap for today's flipping Headlines. All right, great stuff from Howard and Ryan. Coming up next, we've got the uh, inconvenient truth about Jared Weaver and also our buddy Jack Cronin with Kogo is going to stop by with breaking news from San Diego State. That's all right around the corner. Mark and Rich, Pete in for Rich on a Monday.